I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class. I've never even put anything in a quilt show. But I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and I'm a quilter. And it's only about maybe half an hour after I just recorded episode 7 in which we get scrappy. So not a whole lot has happened since then. Let's see, I fed the dogs. My son actually went to pick up my daughter so I wouldn't have to, which was a wonderful son-like thing to do. I appreciate that. Um, Other than that, no new comments on my message boards yet or anything like that. So uh, we're just going to get right into the topic at hand, which is the rest of the episode on scraps. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking about scrap rulers and templates and using scraps and then giving a few more resources for how to use scraps and patterns, etc. The last episode was almost twice as long as what I normally try to keep my episodes, and I apologize for that. Uh, This episode will be much shorter than that. So thank you for your patience. And now on to episode 008 in which we revisit scraps. The first thing I want to share with you is that there is, in fact, one ruler that I have found, I've only ever found one, that is specific to cutting scraps, and it's Judy Hopkins' Scrap Master Ruler. Um, I have looked at this a few times. I don't actually own it. And so if any of you out there do own it and want to uh, share with us what your experience has been with it, that would be great. If it's a useful tool, I'd be more than happy to add it to my ruler collection, but I also don't want to just buy a ruler and then have it be yet one more thing collecting dust on my shelf. So um, that being said, I have not been able to find any user reviews on it online. So again, please let us know what your own experience has been with it. It is, as it seems, one ruler that's marked in in order to cut a bunch of different sizes and shapes. It seems to be primarily useful for triangles. That was the only comment I kind of kept seeing coming up, mostly in the descriptions of the product in the stores that do carry it. They talked more often about triangles than any of the other shapes that it's set up to cut. It is marked for cutting triangles in the sizes 1 and 7 8 inch, 2 and 3 8 inch, 2 and 7 8, 3 and 3 8, 3 and 7 8 half square triangles with quarter inch seams. It is also marked for squares, but like I said, most people seem to talk about it in terms of the triangles. It runs between $12 to $15, roughly. If you are familiar with the scrap therapy classes at a local quilt shop, they do have a ruler that they use in those classes. Um, When I stopped at a quilt store and asked about the scrap therapy ruler, they pointed it out to me. It's just a basic rectangle ruler. There isn't anything particularly special about it. They use it, I think, because it matches the sizes that they use in their scrap classes. But it didn't seem to be a ruler that was particularly made for using for scraps. It's just a ruler like any other. So, again, if if some of you would like who have done the scrap therapy and really use that ruler a lot and would like to recommend it to people, please let us know. You know exactly what ruler it is. I don't remember at the time. In terms of other templates or anything, there really aren't any. Uh, you just need to look at what scrap sizes you want to cut and what you need to do that with, whether it be rulers that you already have in your collection or whether you want to create some special templates or whatever. So the crux of the matter, how do you use these scraps? Um, Again, I'm not speaking with a whole lot of authority on this. I've not done a ton of scrap quilting myself. Uh, I have used, like I said, jelly rolls and um, pre-cuts, charm packs, 10-inch squares, that kind of thing. 
in terms of what turns out to be scrappy. I have not been particularly good at using my own scraps. That being said, it's also honestly taken me a while to build up enough scraps that I could actually now probably, I've gotten to the point where I could make an actual real live scrap project using scraps I've created for myself from other projects. So I do have hopes of some scrap quilting in my future. There are a lot of different ways you can use scraps, and so I'm going to kind of skate through a whole lot of ideas I've gotten from some different places, and hopefully maybe some of these will inspire you or give you some new thoughts of ways you hadn't thought about doing it before. The first way you can use scraps, and I referenced this in my earlier episode on this, is to choose a pattern ahead of time and then cut your scraps to that pattern. Store those scraps then in a bag or a bin. That's probably the most um, obvious way to be able to immediately cut scraps and know you're going to use them right away if you don't choose to just cut to certain sizes and store them for later use. Kathy posted a comment in the Quilting for the Rest of Us group in Big Tent. She had taken one of those scrap therapy classes at her local quilt store, the scrap therapy that I referenced earlier. And remember, their website is www.scrap-therapy.com. Kathy said, I cut my pieces in 5 inch, 3.5 inch, 2 inch, and 1.5 inches so far. These are just in plastic shoe boxes. I'm also cutting longer pieces into 1.25 inch so I can do a locker hook rug. This is a side note from Sandy. I'm not sure what a locker hook rug is, and I don't know if that's a typo, and maybe it should be a locked hook rug. Um, I've heard of hooked rugs. I don't know of that particular term. So, Kathy, if you want to clarify that for me, that would be fantastic. Back to Kathy's comment. I have also cut even smaller to make the coiled baskets, anywhere between half inch and three quarter inch. I have given these as gifts, and people love them. They can also be small lengths. I just made a real dent in my stash by making 50 pillowcases for the American Patchwork Pillowcase Drive and gave them to my quilt shop yesterday. Thank you for that comment, Kathy, and I will talk a little bit more about the pillowcase drive in a minute. Now, another way to use up your scraps is, of course, as I'm a big fan of, using Electric Quilt or another quilt software for designing. Most blocks are on a grid of some sort. For example, a four patch is two by two. You might end up with dozens of two and a half inch squares or strips that you can cut into squares. A four patch made with two and a half inch unfinished pieces would be a finished size of four inch square. If I've done my math right, remember I'm recording this still right after that red eye flight, so I'm still not quite mentally firing on all pistons. So you can plan a quilt to start with in order to determine ahead of time what size you'd like those pieces to be and cut them to size. Or you can cut pieces and then design a quilt around the sizes you have in your bins, either way. The main issue you're looking at in designing a scrap quilt is value, more so than color. You need a really good contrast of light and dark. I've seen a lot of scrap quilts that are based on color, of course, but even so, they still need that high contrast. Value usually does more to determine the overall pattern that emerges from a quilt than color does. If you think of a log cabin block and all the settings that it can be in, what we call sunshine and shadows or furrows, etc., those settings, those secondary designs, appear because of the value and not the color. There's a great example of the whole issue of value in scrap quilts. If you were to go on about.com and search for ugly little star quilt, and that's actually what she named her quilt. That's not my own value judgment on it. It's called Ugly Little Star Quilt. Um, She has posted a picture of a quilt that she made uh, that when it got finished she didn't like it and she realized later it was because it didn't have enough value contrast in it. And so she posts that as an example of what to look for or in that case what not to look for in terms of contrast. So you can either search for it that way or I will put a direct link to it on the, the show notes for this blog. 
on the flip side to designing something in EQ or even planning it out a whole lot ahead of time. I've heard of something that I refer to as the paper bag method. I don't know if this actually has a name, and when I tried to do a search for paper bag method quilting or whatever on the, on the Google, it didn't come up. I suspect I was not using the correct search terms. But in this method, what you do is you take your scraps and you divide them into light and dark. And that's it. You ignore everything else. Light and dark. And you put them, the light in one brown paper bag and the dark in another brown paper bag so that you can't even see what you're pulling out when you pull it out. And then as you're sewing, you grab a scrap from the light when you need a light and you grab a scrap from the dark when you need a dark out of each bag at random as you go so that you're not making any decisions whatsoever on what exact fabric you're using. You're pulling at random one light, one dark and putting them together. So it's a fun way, I I would love to do this at some point, to just release your mind from everything except what's a light and what's a dark. And it would be really interesting to see how that turns out. Value is the biggest issue there. So that's just something for you to consider as you're looking at how to use your scrap uh, scraps in a quilt. This would probably be more so true in a quilt than it would be, say, in a tote bag or a purse. But in anything that you're working on with fabric, value really plays into it so much more than what color does in so many ish- in so many instances. So be attentive to that when you're looking at scraps. Now back to some um, ideas for ways you can rid yourself of the scraps in your life. And some of these are actually just good stash busters. If you have a lot of fat quarters in your stash, for example, or if you've got a lot of quarter yards or third yards or whatever, um, smaller cuts in your stash, these are great ways to use up some of that and make room on your shelves and maybe be able to go shopping for more fabric later. I didn't say that. Okay, one Backings. You can always use up your stash by piecing the backing of your quilt. I've done this a few times, um, usually on smaller projects, uh, but I have seen mine are just trying to get rid of the rest of the fabric and not worrying so much about how the backing actually looks. I have seen some quilts and shows and such that the backing is just beautiful. It's almost as pretty as the front of the quilt is. So some people really go all out on their backing. In either case, um, it's a great way to use up some remainder of the fabric. Another way to use up fabric and scraps is on small projects such as potholders, placemats, trivets. I've seen fabric coasters, book bags. Uh, You can applique designs on hand towels and so forth. That's a good way to use up smaller scraps and still get something very useful out of them. Now, if you just want the scraps out of your life, one thing that a person posted, I believe this was on the about.com website. I'm sorry I did not write down where I found this particular uh, comment, but Barrow Fordu, B-A-R-O number four, D-E-W, that was the username, posted a suggestion. She said, call your local elementary school and ask if the art teachers would like fabric scraps for projects, which is a great idea. And I would include in that not just local elementary schools, but um, faith communities, churches and synagogues, etc., uh, daycare centers, YMCA, YWCA, anywhere where children might be doing craft projects. <laughs> If you call them and say, hey, I've got some fabric scraps, would you like to use them for craft projects? You may well find some very, very happy takers on that, so do consider using that. I found several references to fusing scraps or sewing them to a foundation that doesn't need to be removed and then cutting them into squares or strips for borders, etc. to create tote bags, purses, and so forth. The suggestion was once you've, if you've fused them to something, then stitched them down using an all-over free motion design or decorative stitching. I would assume a foundation that doesn't need to be removed would most likely be like a water-soluble, 
foundation or if you're creating something where you don't mind if the foundation stays in there and it's a little stiffer such as a purse or a, a tote bag I, I do want to make a note here, however. I did find an entire conversation about using dryer sheets as a foundation because the first person who suggested it said you don't have to remove dryer sheets. I had not particularly heard that comment, so I did follow uh, the chain of conversation through. And the last word on that, it turns out to be a fairly controversial thing. And the EMT who posted <laughs> reminded everyone that dryer sheets or anything with fabric softener can be highly flammable. She pointed out that it wouldn't necessarily be so bad in a wall hanging or a placemat, for example, but in a quilt or anything that would be touching a body, she strongly discouraged the use of dryer sheets. And then after her post, several other people then did tests with dryer sheets, uh, primarily involving matches and a kitchen sink, I think, and found that, yes, indeed, dryer sheets are extremely flammable. So if you've heard that tip, it seems not to be a particularly good one to follow. So I just wanted to make sure I, I put that out here now. If if you're going to try to use up scraps by sewing them to a foundation of some sort that then doesn't need to be removed, make sure it's either a water-soluble foundation or it's a foundation that you don't mind it staying permanently in this object, whatever it is, and just stay away from the dryer sheets. Now, if you are somebody who makes homemade cards or if you're a scrapbooker, so in other words, if you spend some of your time working with paper rather than fabric, um, there were a few people that suggested that they use fabric scraps instead of paper scraps in order to make homemade cards or they use them in scrapbooking, etc. That's another great way to use scraps to make something pretty, but not necessarily in a quilty fashion. Now again, here's another person who just wanted to get the scraps out of her life and make something useful out of them, but didn't particularly care if they were never seen again. Uh, she made pet beds, and then she stuffed them with all of her scraps. <laughs> That's another way to move scraps out of your stash, um, whether or not you particularly care whether they make something attractive. The Presumably the outside of the pet bed was attractive, and then the rest of the scraps were just jammed in there to make it comfy the pet would clearly appreciate that. There was some further conversation after that about donating these uh, scrap pet beds to your local animal shelter. Some people did that successfully. Other people were commenting that their animal shelters didn't accept those. They didn't say why, whether it was because they just didn't accept pet beds or whether they didn't accept them because they were filled with scraps. I would suggest if you're thinking about perhaps doing something like that, check with your local animal shelter first. Make sure that they will accept donated pet beds, homemade pet beds, and they may also have specific sizes that they're looking for. So again, that's a great idea, but it's going to vary depending on your own local animal shelter what they will or won't accept. Um, MarthaStewart.com had a pattern for these little favor bags or goodie bags using scraps that were really cute. I'm not normally somebody who visits MarthaStewart.com often, but since I was Googling fabric scrap projects, that one did come up, and it was a very nice little use of them. Uh, if you make fancy, if you have fancy tea parties or you're doing a bridal shower or something coming up, that's something you would definitely want to check out. It looked like a very simple little pattern to do. You can also donate your scraps to someone else. If you're part of a quilt guild, you might already know somebody who is known as a scrap quilter or ask around and find out if there is somebody who's a scrap quilter and find out if they'd be interested in getting your scraps. Um, as I said in the previous episode, swapping scraps is a great way for people to use fabrics that they wouldn't normally buy or just add to their own stash without adding a lot of space. And so some scrap quilters, people who are serious scrap quilters, really like getting other people's scraps. Uh, I have a scrap quilter in my guild. I'm sure I've got more than one, but there's one woman that everybody knows is the scrap quilter, and she does beautiful, beautiful work. And she does like getting bags of scraps, or at least she's very polite 
and acts like she's like she likes getting these bags. I don't know. Um, I have in the past sometimes given her bags of my scraps. I did tell her last month, actually, in Guild, though, that I'm really trying to work towards doing a scrap quilt of my own, so I'm not going to be giving her any of my scraps anytime soon because I'm trying to build them up. Um, And somehow she didn't seem too hurt by that, so I really don't know if she actually loves getting all these bags of scraps that people keep handing her. I will say, however, if you decide to do that, if you know somebody that would like to have your scraps, do them a favor. Make sure that whatever you're giving them are indeed high-quality fabrics. Or if you've got some fabrics that are questionable or you've gotten from other sources or they're older or whatever, keep them separate so that you're giving her, hey, here's my bag. These are all fabrics I just bought you know, at my quilt store last year. Here's some that I picked up in an estate sale. They're scraps. I don't really know where they came from. So that they're separated for her. And then she can decide what she wants to do with them. The other thing you will want to do is let her know, if you're not somebody who typically pre-washes fabric, and I freely admit I don't typically pre-wash my fabric, that's a whole other episode. Um, Don't bother leaving comments on that right now, because I know it's a controversial thing. Uh, And someday I probably will do an episode on washing versus not washing. But in any case, if I give my scraps to somebody else, I will always say, look, I don't pre-wash, so these haven't been pre-washed. And that at least gives her the heads up that, hey, you know, some of those fabrics, there is a possible chance of them um, bleeding, so she may want to do with them. It's not impossible to wash scraps, by the way. You use uh, fabric netting bags, etc., the lingerie bags for the wash. So if you don't pre-wash, that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody else wouldn't use your scraps. You just want to do them the favor of letting them know ahead of time. And the other thing to do her the favor, only give her a bag of 100% cotton actual quilting scraps. If you have other fabric that you use for clothing making or decorative household objects or whatever, you know, if you've got satins or sateens or or tulle or whatever, and you, you have scraps of that, that doesn't mean she won't want them or that somebody wouldn't want them. Just keep them separate so that she doesn't have to sort through them. These are just all little courtesies. If somebody is doing you the favor of letting you offload your scraps to them, <laughs> just try to be kind and separate them out so they know exactly what they've got in whatever you're handing them. All right, let's talk a little bit about that pillowcase thing. Many of you may have already seen uh, the American Patchwork and Quilting, which is published by Better Homes and Garden. Uh, That magazine is really doing a push for the One Million Pillowcase Challenge, I think is what they're calling it, that they're really uh, trying to get people to produce pillowcases to be donated to charities. And you can find information about the Pillowcase Challenge on their website, which is www.allpeoplequilt.com. There's information right on there. And what it is, is they're, like I said, they're trying to encourage people to do pillowcases that are donated to charities. And a lot of local quilt stores are getting on board and doing special events and, you know, like overnight non-sleepovers, <laughs> sew-ins to make pillowcases, or at very least, you can just drop your pillowcases off to them in order to be distributed to charities and so forth. So check that out. Um, allpeoplequilt.com does have patterns for pillowcases on there if you don't already have some. And they do also have a list of charities that accept uh, pillowcases or that look for pillowcases. In some cases, the specific names of charities, but in other cases, just sort of categories. So if you decide you want to make pillowcases and participate in this pillowcase challenge, but your local quilt shop isn't doing anything about it, you can find places to donate them to yourself. Um, On the list are such places like women's shelters and runaway shelters and hospice homes and, and 
your local police department or fire department or Red Cross when they uh, need to help somebody after an emergency and they need to get new bedding and all that kind of thing. So there's all sorts of places that might accept pillowcases and particularly would love to have some attractive, colorful pillowcases rather than your standard, you know, white sets that you get from Walmart or whatever. So those are a lot of ideas for ways that you can uh, use up scraps. And in fact, I have plans. Hopefully tonight I might start making myself a messenger bag from some of my scraps. Uh, probably more likely fat quarters, but still, I'm stash busting. And there are some people who consider fat quarters scraps, so I'm good. Now, there are a lot of a lot of books and a lot of patterns out there for scraps, and I'm sure you all have your favorites. And in fact, if you have one, a book or a, a resource on the web or whatever that you find yourself using over and over and over again in terms of uh, scrap life, or if you've just made a quilt from a book or something that you really love the way it turned out, please do feel free to recommend those books. Um, I'm a bit of a bookaholic, so I'm always looking for good recommendations on books. So you can leave your own recommendations either at the uh, blog for this podcast at quilter.podbean.com or on my uh, quilting blog, quiltingfortherestofus.blogspot.com or in the Big Tent group. There's all sorts of places you can talk to each other. Uh, a couple that I wanted to lift up, though. I am a huge, huge fan of Melissa Ray Hawley. Uh, Melissa spelled M apostrophe capital L-I-S-S. Ray, R-A-E, Holly, H-A-W-L-E-Y. Uh, most of her books are on fat quarters, and I've made quilts out of a couple of them. I really like the way she designs quilts. They're fairly simple to put together, but end up looking beautiful. She does have a book entitled Scrappy Quilts, Let the Fabric Tell Your Story. And it's available through Amazon. And I referenced in the last episode um, on this topic that I'm working on. I'm cutting pieces specifically for a scrap quilt pattern that I've chosen. And it's actually out of that book. Uh, it's got She's got some beautiful designs in there. So I'm looking forward to when I finally get enough scraps to actually put that one together. Any books that are written specifically for two and a half inch strips or jelly rolls, charm packs, layer cakes, etc. Any of those, obviously, you can do with what I call real scraps and not pre-cut scraps like they're designed for. I did also talk about in the last episode Bonnie Hunter and her scrap user system. She is uh, she wrote a book on the leaders and enders. You may remember that I referenced leaders and enders as well. She wrote a book entitled Adventures with Leaders and Enders, Make More Quilts in Less Time. And she's also written Scraps and Shirt Tales, Reuse, Repurpose, and Recycle, The Art of Quilting Green. Um, obviously, using scraps is the ultimate in green quilting uh, so it's all very timely and contemporary right now so both of those books are also available on amazon and again if you have particular books that you would like to recommend please do because we're all interested so that's all i really have to say about scraps at this point like i said i mostly decided to do this episode because i need to learn more about scraps and how to use scraps and store scraps and organize myself so i have learned a lot in doing my research for this i hope that maybe you've learned something as well from what i've shared with you um, maybe you've been inspired to take on some more scrap quilts or to organize your own scraps maybe you've heard some new ideas here or maybe this has inspired some new ideas for you that you would like to share with all of us so again as always please do leave your comments either on the show notes for this episode at http colon slashy slashy quilter.podbean.com or in the blog at quilting for the rest of us dot blogspot.com or in the big tent group and links for all of those, by the way, are on the show notes for this podcast. So the only thing you really need to remember is the HTTP colon slashy slashy quilter dot and you'll find everything else from there. 
I appreciate you hanging in there for two episodes on scraps. Um, haven't decided yet what I want to talk about next. If you've got some things you'd really like to hear me talk about, then let me know, and I will um, consider them for future episodes. And meanwhile, until the next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Love you, Mom.